0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host Ant, and you join me today for episode number 11 of my weekly audio diary—perhaps I can call it an a-log rather than rather than a v-log—in which I share my thoughts and musings and you know, kind of stream of streams of consciousness in regard to this rather strange thing we call uh, life. <laughs> Which seems to get more intense and sh- even stranger with each passing day. Anyway, um, I think I'll begin today um, as I have been recently, uh, picking up on a news story from here in the UK. So at the beginning of the week um, there was a problem uh, at um, air traffic control They, it was claimed that there was a technical issue and that um, basically downed um, all incoming and outgoing flights from UK airports, which, as you can imagine, created um, havoc and the repercussions are still being felt now in terms of people's flights being um, either delayed or cancelled. Now, on the one hand, of course, you might think, well, and not particularly, why are you sharing this with us? It's not particularly interesting news stories. Um, There are always delays at airports, especially in this day and age. Well, the reason why I'm talking about this is because on the one hand um, what you had was this sort of hysterical response in the media, in the mainstream media anyway, and they were talking to members of the public who had been delayed either returning to the UK or trying to leave the UK. And of course we get the normal response of people being pissed off and, and angry, of course, which is understandable. I mean, I would be in that situation if I was meeting a person if I was going to a social event a conference or I had a business meeting or whatever you know kind of things that uh, we get involved in in life it's very very frustrating when things like this happen and we we get delayed and we have to change our plans yeah I fully accept that but on the other hand as we know there is a deeper sort of undercurrent to life there's a deeper story uh, at play um, if you will and and what this sort of little news story speaks to, from my mind, is how, how in modern Western society at least, how we've become so habituated towards um, ease and comfort, and I mean that's kind of like a good byproduct of of living in a society whereby we have seen quite amazing technological advancements. Okay. Uh, I accept that they that they're not always necessarily used for the betterment of a uh, human human society and us as individuals. But where would we be now uh, without the internet and the amazing opportunities it does um, afford us for all the kind of craziness that we get on social on social media and things like that? But yeah. Um, when we do when we are sorry habituated towards uh, ease and comfort one of the one of the negative aspects and this is sort of like a, a very much a key theme of how we live in a in modern societies unless you live on the fringes um, of normal day-to-day mainstream society or perhaps you live out in the wild somewhere and you've managed to listen to this through some sort of uh, uh, internet connection which is which is a great achievement i think um, so when we when we do when we when in a in a sense and this has been spoken about of course over many many thousands of years about the time the kind of rise and decline of societies and civilizations in terms of ancient rome and ancient ancient greece is when when the delusions become so strong and the kind of pull towards comfort becomes so strong what happens within society is that we lose sight of um, who and what we are really we um, we we can't detach or it becomes harder and harder for us as individuals to um, detach from a limited sense of self and um, you know this leads to what Gurdjieff spoke about this idea of machine men and, and machine women this, sort of um type of consciousness whereby there's very little um kind of deeper um thinking that that's uh, occurring and also with regards to this news story i think it kind of links into covid a little bit um also because um what we we saw during covid was that people weren't um for quite a period of time i know that's changed now they weren't able to uh, board flights, weren't able to leave the UK unless they'd had the fake COVID vax. I think most of Europe now certainly most of Western Europe and I know Canada as well, I'm not sure about the States, but as a UK citizen I can now travel to most of Europe as I say in Canada, um, even though I haven't taken the fake COVID vax, but as we know at the time that was used as a form of coercion so even perhaps people who were had questions or doubts about the whole scandemic they were kind of all hoovered up and went along with it in terms of just ease and comfort of course it's just easier and more comfortable um to, to go along with the narrative and to just get your shots and also within families um you know within relationships and marriages you might have had one 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 partner, or say either husband or wife, who might have had doubts, but they may have been coerced uh, within, you know, within a within a marriage or relationship to to go along, and even perhaps threatened. So we knew, heard stories, or perhaps you were involved yourself with these things that were going on. And so the reason why I'm talking about this in regards to COVID is um, the kind of mainstream, as I call it. There's such a thing, the kind of mainstream knee jerk truther view that's being put out there with regards to this um, kind of technical issue. I put inverted commas because you don't know what's actually caused it um, these delays at UK airports, at air traffic control is. So the knee jerk truther reaction is oh, you know, this is the powers that be, this is the uh, Illuminati, and they're doing some sort of beta test um, to see how the public react. Because the ultimate goal is to um, prevent us from travelling. Um, you know, it is said that the elites they want the skies for themselves, and they don't want us, us proles, um, travelling anywhere other than around our little uh, fifteen-minute cities. So it is said. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this because, and because it's a kind of truth, a knee, knee-jerk view it hasn't been thought through in respect of um for a lot of people they're two weeks for a lot of british people you know who are really ensconced in mainstream life they're busy they have families and all the rest of it their week or two weeks in the med every year is about the only thing that keeps them going is the only thing that keeps them within a dysfunctional relationship it's the only thing that keeps them you know toiling in work in jobs that just aren't serving that are perhaps even slowly killing them due to the stress so it's just that thought of two weeks if I can just fall over the line in July and August when the kids are off and we can go to the med for two weeks or wherever it is maybe further afield maybe Florida of course which is a very popular um, destination for a lot of um, British people as well so it's it's kind of like that the travel carrot which keeps a lot of unhappy people going keeps them toiling away and so that's what I believe um is my perspective on that's a key component of the control system if you want to put it in those terms take that away from people their their ability to travel as I was just saying and that really would push millions of people over the edge I mean when I go out now and I, and I look into people and you know sometimes you can really you get a sense for, for people when you look into their eyes and you're trying to look beyond the personality. And you see, there's a, there's a hell of a lot of um, sadness around, a hell of a lot of trauma, post-Covid trauma still going on. So this summer, out of all summers, you know, um, it really has been uh, a break that many people have been looking forward to. And, um, you know, they've been clinging, just clinging to that to cling into the week or two weeks in in the med so again i would say don't don't try not to fall into what people about a lot of course is true for delusions or true for traps um with their knee-jerk reaction this time that you know again it's a deliberate thing um that's deliberately been orchestrated as a kind of test event to see how people respond i mean another thing to react to that of course is the airline industry i mean how big is the airline industry? Is it multi-billion? Is it must maybe even more than a trillion pounds or dollars? It's a huge industry. So this idea that a group or maybe a faction um, like the Illuminati, if they exist, or whoever believes that they have control of the, the tiller of human existence, it, it, they'd find it very difficult to stop Uh, all all airline traffic. So again, you know, a lot of these truthers haven't really engaged, um, they haven't really engaged their brain. I mean, but on the other hand, do the elites, do they use use sort of airline traffic as a way, travel as a way to control people, in terms of, you know, one thinks of post 9-11, people having to take their shoes off, having to take your belt off, not being able to use um, take um, liquids on on flights, um, sure is that done to gaslight people? Of course it is. Is that that is that done to humiliate people? Of course it is. It all creates juicy, juicy, um, juicy loose for the dark side, and you know their attempt to um, or their need to, to feed on low-grade human consciousness. Of course, I'm not. I'm not that naive, but. An attempt to completely, you know, do away with, um, do like, do away permanently with airline travel for all of us proles, so to speak, I believe would be a very, very, would be a very, very, um, very difficult thing um, to achieve. And just lastly on this um, initial news story that I'm talking about in today's episode of Into the Void, just bring it back to my initial point is that how how people how people were responding when they were interviewed and how it was just all about, oh, you know, I'm really annoyed. I'm going to have to now arrange extra sort of um, hotel accommodation, which in the moment is understandable. But perhaps the reason why people were delayed was for a for a bigger reason. Perhaps they weren't meant to be on those particular flights that they were scheduled to be on. You know, perhaps it was the case that if they had gone on the flight they were scheduled to be on, they would have been heavily patted down by a security officer and uh, what's pass- passing through customs and that would have proved to be a really traumatic experience or, or perhaps it was the case, the reason why they didn't get on that flight because that set out a whole series of sort of events that could only play out in that individual's life if they didn't get on that plane. And what I'm saying here is that when you have a very narrow perspective of life, when you are just really concerned with your own egoic desires needs wants and wishes within a society that's driven towards comfort and ease you can't it's it's impossible it's it's just impossible to um to take account of this this bigger picture and just to be just to be um philosophical about and say well okay i've been delayed here but this might mean that in the short term uh, i'm you know i appear to be suffering an inconvenience inconvenience sorry but in the longer term it might be, you know it might lead to some really interesting things or interesting opportunities entering my life. Don't get me wrong I, it's not an easy way to live. Um, it's kind of embracing this idea of um, detachment and just embracing everything that happens to us. I mean, I try and do it, but I fall down on on many occasions when my uh, my little ego has a hissy fit. But I just want to speak about this today, this delays at UK airports due to a technical issue, sorry, air traffic control, because it really does speak to TikTok mainstream society and the kind of ways, ways in which um, stress is is encouraged um, around every turn when we do suffer Um, any kind of um, inconvenience really, to be honest. So I'm just going to uh, move on in today's episode now, and what I want to speak to is um, something that's been spoken about by many people online for many years, of course. And this is this uh, concept or idea of big big tech being evil. You know, we have this we have this technology and the likes of Facebook, um, Google yahoo and instagram and uh and all the rest of it and um of course we have these devices and they're in our pockets and they're about our person all the time and many many people have singled out google or i call it the world's brain of course because what happens now the reason why they call it google the world's brain is because for all of us and we all fall into this way of being because it's just again easy and convenient is when we need to look up something immediately we will turn to um google and use that as a search engine well of course anyone knows anything about computers and the way in which google search algorithms work they know that it isn't a real search it's only bringing up kind of heavily how should we say heavily regulated um types of searches that certainly might not be the kind of information you're looking for anyway that's that's um kind of going down another another avenue really but yeah this concept of google being evil is also sort of ironic ironic as one of google's taglines of course is don't be evil now one of the reasons why i do agree with people over many years who've said that big tech is evil and Google is evil, is the way in which, just gonna pick up on this one point again, cause this could be a very long discussion just on this one particular segment in today's show, is the way in which if you think about it, Google has sort of co-opted and we've allowed it to happen. They haven't literally come into our houses, you know, with a monkey wrench and <laughs> co-opted our brains and, it's all been done. We've kind of fallen into this trap, as with most things. It didn't, involve, it didn't even involve any coerce coercion. How, um, because we, we all now have the option of instant recall or instant retrieval of information, it has basically meant that Google have co-opted our memory. So we can remember perhaps back in the 90s up until the early 90s when the internet was still the stuff of a madman's dream. (laughs) Um, We just didn't have that option of um, a device acting as our memory uh, and as an instant recall of information. So you probably would have been able to recall um, your closest family's um, landline telephone number, probably some colleagues at work. Um Your own work telephone number if you were work back then, and um of course it it was the case that our our memories because we didn 't have this option the option of google the world 's brain we did we were using our memories um in a much more extensive way, perhaps ways in which they were were designed to do I, I know myself even just in terms of it's slightly different, but it's still this idea of having access to something instantly is more and more now. I don't even, if I'm trying to, say, figure out a very basic sum, a mathematical sum, let alone some sort of equation, I will just, if my phone happens to be around, I will pick that up and I will use um, I will use the calculator option. Now, of course, we know calculators have been in widespread use since the 70s and, or 80s, of course. But the fact that they are part of smartphones, or as I call them, are are dumb phones, again, it's something that um, I once would have been able to do, unaided by a machine, which now I just think nothing of. And and this is how these things insidiously um, creep into our lives. And I know with my kind of nephews and nieces who are in their twenties mainly, how it is common for the younger generation mainly because they tend to have their phones about their person 24-7 as I probably would do if I was um, of their age now in my 20s or 30s I mean I'm sure I wouldn't be any different that's just the way social conditioning goes and when you're young it's very difficult to stand outside social conditioning. very very difficult indeed the pressures to go along with the crowd especially in this social me- media age age and as we s- see for aspects of kids being bullied at school is is very difficult anyway um yeah it's um it is having um a big impact on on our on our memories which i believe are as i'm saying just a while ago i believe our memories are being co-opted um are, are being co-opted um by by google and if you think at the moment we can see certain processes within society i mean what happens in the future if We don't have internet in the current form. What will happen in the future? I'm not saying any of this will happen. I don't have enough technical knowledge of the internet. I know it's kind of perhaps um, would be very, very difficult to bring in a kind of internet where it's a bit like a a streaming service like Sky and you have different packages which would in uh, uh, each package would uh, enable you kind of like different access to different websites etc etc i don't know how possible that that is but anyway yeah who knows in future the impact going into the future sorry this is going to have on, on our brains and the way our brains develop and the way our brains evolve if we are using uh our memories to thank thanks um to the world's brain google um How are our memories, um, our capacity, sorry, to use our memories? How's that going to evolve in the future? I think that is quite a disturbing question. Oh, Um, to answer, sorry, I was distracted by a wasp on my recording device. There, he's gone now. Uh, Yeah, and of course, with the development of AI as well, further even more the use of our memories the use of our memories are going to be are going to be um compromised in in quite um in quite a major way anyway i think i'll uh, move on now and um i just want to bring us from a t- conversational about big tech to just to a more um kind of grounded uh point that i want to talk about really in sort of um in a philosophical uh dimension um what I call this is human ca- camouflage. I've spoken a little bit about this before on my sister's show Discerning Consciousness but this is this is the idea of how we present ourselves, how we operate in our day-to-day lives and why I talk about it in terms of human camouflage is because as I've spoken about before as I was saying in terms of what is known as the operator mode is whereby I think more and more as we go forward and I don't mean to be too what's the word too pessimistic but I think we have to be realistic whatever's coming down the track I was just speaking about last week in episode 10 of Into the Void whether there is a COVID part two irrespective we know we're going to be tested going forward because um, the dark forces need to as their power slips away they're going to need to create even more diversion dis- and distractions that basically are all about creating fear as we know it all, as with COVID it was all at its core about creating fear. So if we do return to a situation whereby you know we are facing physical restraints on our movements whereby people are angry at us because we're choosing certain options and perhaps we're being isolated within our own family or Family um, network, our own friend circle, or perhaps you know even at work, we're being ostracized because we're making certain choices. Whatever it might be, not just re- with regards to COVID restrictions and COVID fake vaccines. I just mean whatever might come along that, um, as I was talking about last week, as it causes a kind of um, a real um, kind of binary causes people to start making binary decisions as society becomes more and more, more polarized so how do we operate in that kind of world now i believe more and more it's not about um running off to the shack in the woods as, as tempting as that is i have to say as i've said many many times But really is the art of human camouflage so as we go about our day-to-day lives more and more in recent times i've personally this is just me uh, my perspective I've found it helpful to not come from a mindset of I need to find the others I need to find people that share my point of view on COVID on 9-11 or all of these kind of as I call them you know sort of truth or litmus tests you know what does a person think about 9-11 what do they think about I don't know you know Kennedy assassinations what do they think about chemtrails? All those kind of things. Um, I think if you get too caught up in needing to find people who share the same view on those types of things, it can limit you as you go about your day-to-day lives. You can sort of other people. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, you can get into a situation where you sort of become quite narrow-minded in terms of who you're going to hang out with, who you are going to be your friends. I mean, I I kind of, I have found it helpful, really, to just come from a more of a humanistic aspect. And I have friends, really, that maybe would be quite shocked if I shared my worldview, to be honest. But in some sense, does that really matter? I think part of evolving as a human being is to is to just, um, is to accept that that, um, the basis upon which we form friendships and acquaintances and social bonds with people doesn't have to all be about the fact that they have to share my worldview or that they have to share my opinions on life. I mean, to some degree that can be important, but I've found in recent years that I've managed to make friendships and and acquaintances with people who who probably don't don't share my opinions and um would be shocked i haven't you know if they knew some of my what what mainstream society would bizarre would which, sorry would would regard would regard as quite bizarre a quite bizarre worldview and quite bizarre opinions. so i think as with all things and as with all of my content um i try to walk I try to walk the middle path, the razor's edge, in terms of um, balance between extremes on either side. Having said that, I think of course it is important to um, have people or to be able to offload on people who do, who do get where you're coming from and part of the reason why I share content along with many other people who share content who may not have a particularly large audience is, is a way of sharing our perspective that hopefully, some people could can tune into because otherwise, you can feel like um, you can feel like you're you're going mad. Because, I mean, um, I'm sure that um, COVID has led to quite um, a number of people waking up, so to speak. Whatever that means. In inverted commas, it means different things to different people. But still, the majority of mainstream society would see us as rather kooky on the fringes. So it can be difficult to find people that share our opinions and share our share our, our worldview but you know i'm i'm just sharing this perspective today in terms of this idea of of human camouflage and if we are going into more testing times don't don't be too concerned about trying to set yourself out from the from the the crowd and it's what i did initially i think many of us during the early months into the summer and autumn or fall of 2020 we were angry right we were fucking angry because you know the globalists the powers that be that whatever you whatever you want to call them we're, we're pulling this off and, and in the main sorry fortunate phrase but you know the kind of thing that many of us knew was going to happen was happening and we were fucking angry excuse my french we were angry about it And when we went into the superstore and the supermarket, we had to wear the masks and socially distance. We were, we were really angry, and we demonstrated. But I think over time, I know it was true for me. We were we as we came to a deeper understanding of what was going on, and actually, this wasn't a a, this sort of um, what appeared to be a power play by the globalists and all of their entourage. um, Actually, was just a sign of weakness because evil really was revealing itself pulling off the mask for all to see so i think going forward the reason why i speak in terms of human camouflage which sounds a little bit pompous is um just to um yeah it's just to as we are placed under more pressure is is not to shout from the rooftops well i know that i'm not going to i'm going to try and adopt a form of human camouflage and um not my not not make myself a target. Of course, the reason why animals camouflage themselves, I'm in the forest, beautiful new forest here on the south coast. You can hear the birds in the background, of course, but why do animals, they camouflage themselves in order that they are, um, in order to save energy on the one hand, but also, of course, so that they they uh, can hide themselves from, from predators. So that's what, that would be my, kind of the way I'm going to go forward, I'm going to try and camouflage myself (laughs) from from the haters because that's that's let's be honest there are still quite a lot of haters in day-to-day mainstream society who who really you know they don't want to look at truth they don't they don't want to look at um life in a different way they don't want to look at their own um psychological baggage if i can put it like that they really want to have um their brains poured with um propaganda from from the mainstream um media so i thought i'd just um share a little bit of the idea of um human camouflage in today's episode so next i'm just gonna pick up on something on kind of like a magazine element of my show which i regularly turn to a feature and that is um an energy update and energy update in this particular episode. I'm not sure if it comes under energy. Anyway, um it's the way I experience time and um is really changing quite dramatically and um that is in two ways. So um if I'm say doing gardening which I do been doing quite a lot of recently quite um basic tasks like pruning a hedge or maybe Weeding or cutting the grass, tasks that some people might find odorous or boring. But I've found more and more that I can really lose myself into these tasks. And so say I've been doing something for two hours, pruning a hedge for two hours. At the end of that, I can look at my watch and it's literally just felt like two minutes or five minutes. So what I'm finding more and more with the energies rarefying on the planet is... Of course time, I know on one level, on one hand, um, pardon the pun there, the second hand, (laughs) um, doesn't exist. But it's a very handy tool, as we know, to navigate life in its current form or its current iteration. But to be honest, I'm finding it less and less useful, basically, because as I was just saying, five minutes can feel like um, two hours. It's... It's really, it's really strange um, what I'm what I'm experiencing. And whereas before I understood this on a sort of, you know, a sort of mind intellectual level, a lot of these spiritual phenomena, we can say, oh yeah, well, I know that time is an illusion. And more and more, you know, I, I am, I am really, I am getting that sense that it is. It's, it's going to increasingly as the energies increase on the planet, it's going to become, and more and more, everything, the focal point of existence just becomes the now, the now, the now, the now, each passing moment, or what um, one of my former guests, Joe Marshala, talks about repeatlessness, and um, more and more I'm really feeling this on a really, really, really deep level, not just on a sort of intellectual, conceptual level. I'm really feeling that as we move forward, especially um, how we perceive time, how we conceive of time, how we um, use it as a kind of um, a measure, a unit of measure to navigate our days and our weeks and our months and our years during um, our extraordinary journeys through life, it's just going to become more and more and more and more irrelevant and, um, yeah, it's a fa- I think it's going to be um, a sort of fascinating, if not rather troubling, <laughs> dis- dis- um, slightly unsettling, sorry, I should say, thing to experience. Because we've all been habituated into a sort of certain way in which we 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 navigate the world whilst using time, whilst using our clocks and our watches and our dumb phones increasingly, of course, to tell the time. Um and also, in terms of um how I've been experiencing time, how that's changed and of course, this is something that many people are, are reporting on is um do you think about how how we experience the feeling of a day I said weird doesn't it how do you feel about a day but i mean in terms of so we're at the weekend now I'm recording this I believe it is um Sunday the third of april twenty twenty three yeah the day in which this is, um, I'm um, releasing this on my Discerning Consciousness podcast site, Podomatic site. Um, But up until recently, I would say for me, a weekend had a certain feel. But even within a weekend, there would be a distinction. So like a Saturday, I'd generally be more busy. But then a Sunday would be more of a kind of like, more of a relaxing day, perhaps more hanging out in the garden I generally do my recording, recordings on a Saturday and as I say and upload them on the Sunday and then sort of within British culture Sunday typically is kind of like a slowing down a slower paced day so this is seen even within culture dare I use such a word in kind of mainstream uh, context so for many many years the BBC their TV programming on a Sunday late afternoon from around about sort of five o'clock tea time six o'clock and then into early evening has gone something along the uh, line of songs of praise country file then antique, the antiques road show so programs you know that aren't yes on the one hand they are entertainment shows they are said to be entertaining (laughs) if you watch such things but they are on another level also about you know getting people used to um, the working week starting on the monday so they're kind of about slowing people's energies so it's about how the culture is trying or attempting to set the sort of mood of the general public if i can also put it like that but that also speaks to the way in which a day would have a certain energy so even without this kind of the way in which the culture tries to shape people's perceptions their moods and how they feel about themselves and life of course there is a side to that there is a sort of certain feeling i think up until recently um that a day would have like the weekend saturday or sunday like i was just saying but for me um in recent times i'm actually even struggling when people say oh and what day is it? what day is it what day is it sorry during the week i, I literally don't know um I know sometimes people will say that to to appear kind of spiritual and woo woo I'm spiritual I don't even know what day it is hell I threw out my watch years ago um but in recent weeks um I really there are some moments in a during a day when I have to think what day, what day is it it doesn't even feel like a Tuesday Wednesday or Thursday cuz that normally would be my kind of I would use that my spidey sense is, well, what, what am I feeling? Oh yeah, it feels like a Thursday. Oh yeah, it feels like a Friday. Now I, I don't even have that sense of what a day feels like anymore. And it's just literally kind of like, um, I, I'll have to go and check, I <laughs> have to ask someone. And I think this is all about what many people are speaking about in the alternative new age or sphere about how our reality is changing, and how um, how we experience time is changing because existence is uh, the point of focus of existence is changing to just um, just to to right now, in this moment in this moment, uh, as I just said, and this idea of Joe masallah 's repeatlessness, and more and more, I think that is going to um, again this links into of course uh, uh our memories how that's going to affect our memories in terms of how will we be able to um retrieve our memories if more and more our consciousness the point of our consciousness is just focus on focused more and more upon the now the now repeatlessness moment after moment as it passes by so that was just this week um in terms of my um, energy, um, energy update. So lastly, in today's episode 11 of Into the Void, I did want to talk about an um, experience I've had in the last few weeks because hopefully you'll find it interesting and it'll be something you can relate to. Um, and that is um, fasting. Now, this is something that um, for many, many years I've had an awareness of. It's spoken about at length within the alternative media, um, under the guise of healthy living, healthier living, um, trying to kind of sort of train or retrain our consciousness and to help us focus more and to help us concentrate more and to help us to sort of still the mind and mindfulness, all of these kind of phrases and concepts and ideas. Now before, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, yeah, I just did one day and I've done one subsequently earlier. This week, I believe it was Thursday, I did a day's fasting. So I've only done two so far. And my experience has actually been, I've been quite pleasantly surprised because I thought I would have, I'd find it, I'd find it, I would have found it, sorry, quite difficult. But on each day, the evening before, I just said to myself, right, said to my ego, <laughs> right, Aunt, tomorrow you're not going to eat anything, Okay. And because um, I didn't, f- I, I thought I'd find the discipline, the food cravings really quite difficult, but on each day I really haven't. I haven't found it difficult at all. I think it's because I said to myself on the previous evening, right, this is what I was going to do. And you know when we set ourselves a target, we, we get some kind of upliftment or a sense of fulfilment from, from um, the discipline of completing the task. And on this occasion for me it was having two days, um, having two days of not eating. And as we know, there's a lot of, um, you know, good science, science around the benefits. And of course, in terms of the spiritual dimension, we can go back many, many thousands of years to the teachings of the Tao in terms of, um, the health benefits of, of, of fasting. Uh, and the other thing that I found really interesting in terms of my experience of fasting is how much, It's made me realise how much, although I wouldn't say I have sort of salt or sugar cravings, but it did make me realise how much at midday or one o'clock, how normally I'd be like, right, okay, and it's lunchtime now, we're going to eat. How much of our behaviour around food is is just programming? And quite often, there isn't actually a nutritional need for us to consume food. Um, we can we can just carry on with our work or whatever it is that we're doing um, quite easy quite easily and um, it was quite shocking actually that was the quite that was the disturbing element when I realised oh my god how how much of my my food or nutritional habits or my food cravings <laughs> perhaps I should say are are quite um, are quite unconscious really and it did it did make me it did make me realise that how much of my Consumption of food is driven by a desire to by a desire to you know get a dopamine hit, to get a certain physiological um, reaction, to get a certain chemical response or chemical reaction um, in the body. But yeah, I'm, s- I'm glad that I tried that, and I thought I'd just share that with you guys. Um, I uh, go in a days without eating um, any food and this isn't something else that's quite interesting is when I've mentioned this to a few friends and family they go oh my god and how could I couldn't I couldn't get past like one two o'clock without um without eating you know I would be literally be on the floor I'd be um, I'd be really really struggling and I think that was once my perception or conception of what it meant to go to have or to go without food um, for a day, but yeah, as i say I've, I found it really, I found it really quite easy and quite straightforward to be honest. So yeah, um, I just thought I'd um, share my experience of fasting with you guys today. So I think I'll round things up here today. It's a lovely day in the New Forest today, bright, sunny, and you can probably hear on the audio because uh, I've not mentioned it. No, no wind at all or a very very um very very slow wind anyway thank you guys for for tuning in as always i really do appreciate um your support and yeah you'll be able to catch up um with into the void next week for episode 12 so thank you all again bye for now